Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today, we're going to kick off a new series, and it is Gravity. Don't let it pull you down. Today, I'm just going to go into this, and I'm going to go into this message is called Blast Off, as it is appropriate. And so uh, I just wanted to, uh, to just to show you that video real quick. And you know what's even more awesome than the space shuttle taking off? I know it's even out- outdated space shuttle because we have all these other things going on. But, uh, but you know what's more awesome than this kind of liftoff? It's awesome when God lifts off inside of you. And does something amazing in you, what he has planned for you today. So I want you to stretch up, reach out, and really help to grab this word. I can preach it, but listen, even a pitcher is, is, uh, is reliant on his catcher being able to catch. So if you step up to catch, I'll step up to pitch. Deal? Good. Okay. So uh, here's this awesome word here, this awesome word, Romans 8, verse 37 through 38. We'll start off with that. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us, he has made us to be more than conquerors. And his destined love is our glorious victory over everything. His demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. So now I live in the confidence that there is nothing in the universe. Man, this is powerful. Nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that his love will triumph over death, over all life's troubles, over fallen angels or dark powers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. Isn't that a powerful, powerful promise? Let's pray right now. Father, we need your help. I need your help to deliver it just as I feel like I received it. But I need your help, Lord, and every person that's hearing today. We pray that we would catch everything that you're saying today, even between the words, even between the scriptures, even the bunny trails, whatever it may be, Lord, use whatever it takes to speak because we need to equip everyone here today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, I am wearing my NASA shirt today, and I started this off because I wanted to just start off and sharing you a little bit about, uh, about my past. Um, uh, I grew up on the Space Coast. I, actually, I didn't grow up on the Space Coast. I was born on the Space Coast, born in Titusville, Florida. And so, yes, I am a Floridian through and through. And uh, the reason I was there is because in the 60s, early 60s, my father had gotten a call for an opportunity to come from Kentucky down to a place called Kennedy Space Center because they were hiring. And so he came down, drove all night, went right into the interview, and got the job. That's awesome. He got the job, which really was something that totally changed my whole trajectory (laughs) because, because... you know, in this beginning times, you know, we moved it, and then he, was, he began his career at the beginning of the Apollo missions, and he continued serving there all the way through all the space shuttle missions. And so uh, I have a picture of my father here. This is like in the 60s, way back when. That's him right over here on this side. And uh, he kind of looks like Elvis. That's kind of how he looked when he was younger. 
And so, uh, so he was doing these things, and this is actually one of the, I, I was told by my mother, one of the uh, compression chambers or decompression chambers, I'm not exactly sure how it was, but they used to test equipment there, and, and they would even test uh, astronauts to be how, see how much pressure they could handle and, uh, you know, before it was a, a health risk. And so he was a part of it. So my mom told me all these stories. I went over to her house just, uh, just the other day just to get a, a little bit of information, and she pulled out all this stuff that I... I vaguely remember seeing when I was younger, but I got a chance to go through it. And oh my gosh, I was just like, I was emotional. And I'm trying to detach myself from that because I'm not going to be the crying, the crying preacher every time I get up here. <laughs> I promise. Gosh, some of you have been praying like, oh, he needs some counseling or something. Anyway, but, um, but you know, I, just, I was just so just full of, of pride for my father and seeing all of these pictures of every single mission that he was a part of there uh, on in the uh, in the land crew, they got these these uh, awards and accolades and the badges that the uh, astronauts wore. He had he had collected all of them, every thankful letter, every appreciation, every award, and it was amazing to me to see that because he was a part of something that was magnificent, something incredible. And so what was cool is as we grew up, you know, uh, there on the Space Coast, I mean, I started really early, even when I couldn't remember. I asked my mom, so, so what, uh, what uh, shots were we a part of? What shots were we able to see? She was like, I can't tell you. There were so many that we went to. And we were up there in that friends and family zone, like right up close to some of these shots, you know. Some of them were just like right across the river from the, where the pad was. And so when this thing would take off, I wish you could feel what I felt during that time. That video is as close as I can get, but there were shots that we were so close that when it took off, of course, especially the night shots were beautiful. When it took off, you're, you're in the dark, and as soon as that thing took off and the flames started really just building, it turned from night to day. Bright day. It was that bright of course, the light hits first, and then afterwards, then the sound hits, and there's just rumble, and it's beating your chest. When, you, when you're right there, it's just like rumbling. Everything's just shaking your bones. And then afterwards, then there's this wave of heat that hits you. The wave of heat like, okay, the wave of heat like July when you've been in the air conditioning and you step outside suddenly, <laughs> that kind of stuff, is that kind of crazy heat, and it just hits you, and you realize the strength of it. I've got a few stats to just kind of show you a little bit about this. It's all going to tie in and make sense, okay? So uh, the power of what it took to break the Earth's gravitational force, a spacecraft, a spacecraft must reach a speed of seven miles per second. So if you're used to driving and seeing per hour, that would be 25,200 miles per hour. I doubt you've gone that fast. Okay. To give, you, to give you just for those that are local, I know if you're watching online, you might not even get this at all, but those of you who are local sitting in Ocala, if we were to go out, get in your car, turn on the ignition, go out and get on 441 right out here, if you were to turn in this much time, 1,001, you would already be at Ocala Ford north of Ocala. What? So anyway, so it was amazing. Saturn V rocket, the ones that, that uh, Saturn V was a big uh, rocket that was used for many years, uh, especially landing on the moon in 1967. Uh, it took 500,000 gallons of fuel to break the Earth's atmosphere. 
break the gravitational pull. And then another 450,000 gallons to travel to the moon and back. That's 477,000 miles. Point being, it took over half their fuel just to break through that pull. But you see what happens once you break through? See how fast, how far you can go? And, and I get this. In some of your ways, some of your life, you've already broken through the gravitational pull. Other areas, you're feeling it. You're feeling that weight and that pull. And sometimes you're saying things like, man, how long is this going to be? You know, I don't have anything more in the tank. What is going on? How? I, I know I'm called to this. But yet there are other times in your life, I pray you've experienced this before, other times in your life when you just press, 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 and then suddenly, poof, space. Wow, it's free and open here. What happened? You broke through something. You broke through something. So good. I got one more thing that's just pretty wild. If you don't have your phones out, just take your phones out, hold it in your hand real quick. Take your phones out, hold it in your hand. Another amazing thing with all this stuff. Do you realize that right now you're holding in your hand multiplied computing power more than they had at that time to get to the moon. You're holding that in your hand. That's trippy, right? Because I bet you right now, if we were to say, hey, uh, you know, tell you what, uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to get a few of you together and we're going to send you to the moon. Here, here's some cell phones and you're good. <laughs> And some of you can't find your way to McDonald's. A GPS are like, wow, <laughs> how are we going to do this? So anyway, so today uh, we're going to go into this, this month's theme. I'm just opening this up. Gravity, don't let it pull you down. Listen, this is something that Pastor Richard said, and it just stuck with me, and, and, I, and I've got it in my message here. We are destined to soar in so many ways, but the gravity of sin and the fallen world constantly seek to pull us down. Just realize that that gravity is working in this world. Just realize that it'll always be there, but it doesn't necessarily have to dictate to you and what your experience will be. But realize it is there. And guess what? All of us feel it to some degree. Yes? All of us feel it to some degree. It's wild. I've been going to the doctor's office and just doing my regular checkups and, uh, you know, and just uh, doing what I need to do. And I used to tell them, you know, I, I was 6'3". Well, I was 6'3". And now I'm apparently 6'1". I don't know what happened. Somewhere along the way, they're like, you're standing up straight. I'm like, I am standing straight. I, I told you I used to be 6'3". I don't know what happened. And I hope this doesn't continue because I'm going to be like... I don't know. I like my height. So, but gravity pulls you down, pulls you down. So this month, we're going to address a lot of things. So today, I'm not going to tell you everything. There's no way it's going to take some time to unpack. But I do have a few things, and I believe this is important for you. First thing we need to establish, just the groundwork, just the launching pad, if you will. From this point, let's just put out this simple verse. You've heard it so many times, Third John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. I want you to be successful and prosperous, God says, just as your soul prospers. Realize that there's a correlation here. That it's just as you are prospering in your soul condition. That's what's going to happen as you walk out and see these things manifest in the natural. We say it so many times. It starts in the spirit first and then in the natural. Well, God starts it in the spirit and then he filters it through your soul that has to adapt and change. 
in order to be able to embrace what God's saying in the now. So he's always challenging our soul. Every time we, we preach up here, Pastor Richard preaching powerful word, and it hits you. Sometimes it hits you, and it's a challenge like, oh, I feel that. Man, I'm convicted. I'm not there. I'm not there. But God's like, yeah, you're not there. That's the reason I said it. I'm challenging you to step up beyond. He's always training us, always training us. But think of it this way, okay? We're reaching our created potential, but if we reach, in order to reach our created potential, it's not based on our circumstances. It's based on the condition of our soul. Right? Now, let me just talk to believers for a second. Those that have met Jesus, those that have come into a reality that your spirit is just, the word says, born again. That you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Did you realize that that verse is a faith proclamation? All things have become new. And you look at your life, you're like, well, yeah, but not all things. Right? And you got people that maybe like, they think that they're doing okay. I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I don't need this, Pastor. I'm, I'm good. Are you, are you really I mean, are you really good? Because you may have some areas that you got to work on. And guess what? I do too. So I'm breaking gravity in certain areas of my life. But listen to this. As long as your soul prospers, just as your soul prospers, your mind, let me go through this real quick just if this is newer to you. Your, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. And what this talks about, your mind is what you think, what you believe. If you're thinking wrong and believing wrong, guess what? It, it sets you off course. God's always challenging you about what you think and what you believe. Jesus always tested his disciples. You've heard it said, but I say to you. I know you've been thinking this way, but, but I say this is the way. Right? So God is always challenging our thoughts. He's challenging our will. Our will is your want. What I want. And even my ability to choose what I want. That's your will. And your emotions. What I feel. Oh, what I feel because feelings are so important. And what I feel, you know, I just follow your heart, which is the worst, worst <laughs> advice ever. Follow your heart. Are you crazy? No way. My heart has drawn me into some stupid things. <laughs> okay? So I'm just telling you, your mind, what you think, your will, what you want. Your emotions, what you feel, these things are challenging. And listen, my question to you is, do you have a healthy soul? Do you have a healthy soul? And if we could just put our soul up on a graph, we would see probably a roller coaster ride. We're good. We're not so good. We're good. We're really good. No, we're not doing it. We're good. Now we're really bad. And some people, that sway happens like within a few hours. <laughs> okay? But God is looking to bring you to a place of health, spiritual and soul health, that you have a consistent growth. But here's the thing that takes place. Uh, here's one of the, one of the, one of the syndromes, syndromes or, or symptoms that we have that our soul is a little bit out of order. It's called the, green, the grass is greener syndrome. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, I know, because it happens a lot to a lot of people. And as I was studying this more, the more I was studying and digging into this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, that's me. Ouch. You know, there have been some years that I had some wrong thinking that allowed the grasses greener to just, like, work in me. Okay? And you're like, oh, no, pastor, no. Are you kidding? You've been a pastor for how long? That's impossible that you're, 
will you, will you just like lighten up, man? I just want to be human, okay? You good with that? Yes. If I'm open, then you can trust me, right? And then you can be open, yes? So don't be judging. Okay, here, the grass is greener. Here's the thought, the analogy. Imagine you're just sitting out in your, we're not standing, standing out on your lawn. I just thought about this. Is, is this going to be a good analogy? Because most of you that water your lawn, you've never taken out a hose. Ever, ever, ever. You just turned on, you know, the, uh, the, the irrigation system and it worked. Oh, my grass is being watered. Okay, very good, right? Imagine the day that you watered it manually. Some of you are like, I don't even own a hose. I know, I know, I got this. <laughs> Imagine you're out there, you're watering your lawn because your lawn is dry. But then you look over to your neighbor and like, oh, my Lord, it's just so green. And look at this mess. And, and you, you wonder your way over there. I wonder why their lawn is so green. Look at that. It's, look, look at their wonderful family. And they all just love each other. Oh, look, they're playing ball outside. My family doesn't play ball outside. Oh, look, 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 look at that. They're just, they're loving and kissing on each other. I wish I had that kind of affection in my own. And the whole time, who are you watering? Their lawn. Okay, but wait a minute. Over here, I'm looking over here. Oh, oh man. Hey, Bill, what's up, Bill? Yeah, man. Look at, he's getting in his new car. And look at my hoopty over here. This isn't fair. You know, the grass is always greener. Yeah, the grass is always greener where you water it. Nah, you didn't respond enough. You didn't get it the first time. The grass is always greener where you water it. That means that you have things that in your life that are not experiencing their full potential yet. And guess what? It's because of your attention or lack of attention in that area. Why am I saying that? that's a big thing to say, Pastor? Because God has created you. Remember the first verse that we read? Remember we just not just like five minutes ago, we read Romans 8 said that you were created to be an overcomer. You were made to be an overcome. That is your identity, made to overcome. And this is what God is doing in your life. The grass is greener. Listen, the grass is greener is an escape mentality because you were created to overcome. Did you get that? Okay, leave that up for just a second. Because it's an escape mentality. Escaping from where you are and the responsibilities of what you're in and, and, and just dreaming, oh, it would be nice, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice? Listen, here's the symptoms. I'm going to really step on some toes here. Are you ready? Okay. You quit a relationship to escape to another. You quit a job to escape to another. You quit a church to escape to another. And you may even escape to another city to get away. Because you're escaping. But if you do all these things and you find yourself in the same condition, what's the common denominator? Yourself in the same condition. Yourself in the same condition. Right? Now listen, I get it. I moved to another city, but that was when God sent me. So many times we don't, it's not sent, it's just went. Right? And we look at this life like, you know, man, you know, my, my, my wife should love me more than she does because look at the way this one is over here on her husband, right? his, whatever I'm saying, husband, wife, right? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I have to make sure I get my gender straight here. That's not that kind of church. Anyway, so um, 
So, so we, just, we just look at what someone else has, and then we're just depreciating what we have. And maybe your wife would respond in the way you're looking if you really poured love and appreciation over that woman and spoke the beauty of God over her, and you might see her bloom into the very person that you were looking for. But guess what? You don't realize that you are the problem, not her. <laughs> so many times... Okay, wives, you should really say amen for that because I really, really was in your corner with that one. But here's the thought. In the pursuit of happiness, you're tempted to change your surroundings, but God wants to change you. Did you get that? Because he already said, just as your soul prospers, just as your soul prospers, you're like, God, man, I got to get out of this. Have you seen what's going on? And God's like, man, I knew what's going on. Remember? Remember? Alpha, Omega, beginning and the ending. Author and finisher of your faith. I know who you're married to, your family. I know the trials that you're going through, maybe with your kids. I know the job. It just sucks and it's from hell. Yeah, you say, but it's not. <laughs> you're like, how is that possible? Listen, I haven't always been employed by now church, or previously Spirit Life Church right here, I haven't always been employed, employed by these wonderful pastors, Pastor Richard, Pastor Gail. There were times that I worked on really horrible jobs. But can I tell you what happened? Every time I started here and somehow, 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 just living the kingdom, somehow, just being a witness, somehow praying for, for the managers that did me wrong, there was a turn a turning, a shifting. You see, that's overcoming. Listen to this. This is a, this is a, a good quote from uh, Tim Keller, Counterfeit Gods. He says this, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart, if I have that, then I will feel my life has meaning. Then I will know I have value. Then I'll be significant and secure. What's that? If I had that, if I just had that, but just had that. I'm telling you, there's just so much in this thing that I could say. So many years. How many of you ever experienced financial difficulty? Show your hands. Wow. And the rest of you, incredible. What did you do? <laughs> I want to know. There were times in my life where things were just, I mean, I get it. I had circumstances just like the rest of you. And alone. You know, not when I'm in church because, I, you know, I just have to really show that I got it all together. But when I'm at home, I'm joking. When I'm at home, I'm like, God, I've even caught myself years ago. I remember, and it was just a, a, a statement out of pain, out of pain. But you, can, I, can I just be real with you? There are times when my soul was just speaking out anywhere but here, anytime but now. What was that? Escape. Because I was just right to the edge of what I could handle. And then God shows up. Ah, oh, man, he shows up. Paul was dealing with this with Timothy when, when he spoke these words, godliness with contentment is great gain. You've heard this before. Maybe some of you didn't even know that that was a scripture. You thought that was a Facebook meme. Godliness with contentment is great gain. But listen, here's how we hear it. We hear the emphasis on contentment. But Paul wasn't emphasizing contentment. He was emphasizing godliness. You imagine Paul saying this, hey, godliness, everything that is in God, 
His presence in your life, His overcoming power, all the promises He's given you, all the things that you are feeling, all the strength of the Spirit of God flowing through you, all the sense that I belong and I'm not alone and I'm not isolated. I have a friend that is ever closer than a brother. All of these things with contentment, feeling like I don't have to have something else to give me joy, that is great gain. Do you see that? What I'm saying is we left a lot on the table by saying, well, you know, that thought of godliness with contentment is great gain. What that is saying in its spirit of saying it is settle, just settle, just settle, just settle. And that was never the point of this. What Paul was saying is you've left a lot on the table in the spirit to fulfill your life in every avenue. Can I go a little bit further with this? In your attendance to now church and your experience coming on a Sunday morning, you can leave a lot on the table with godliness, breakthrough worship, hearing revelation and just digging deep in it and allowing it to change your life or that was a pretty good day. Are you going to be content with that? You're really quiet. I wonder why, why is this quiet? Pastor Lindsay, I don't, am I missing it? Something? Let me get back to my scriptures and notes. Maybe, maybe that's it. <laughs> okay, listen to this. This is another, uh, this is another quote by uh, Darren Patrick. This is The Dude's Guide to Manhood. I like this. It's a good book. It's a really good book. Anyway, at the heart of contentment is an embrace of the present and a willingness to enjoy the good things we have right now. You know what robbed me early on because I was just not mature to see it? But there were times where I was a little bit more uh, immature and a little bit more in my soul. And there were times that, that that discontentment robbed me of the now. How many times have you heard that, you know, you have someone that has kids growing up and you're telling somebody that has young kids, enjoy the moment because it won't last forever. I don't want to go and say that all over again. But guess what? <laughs> and there were times where I was just striving to get ahead, striving to get ahead, striving, striving to get ahead. I got to provide for my family, striving to get ahead. I just got to do more. I just got to pray more. I just got to read more. I got to work more. I got to, I got to take on this. I've got to take on that. I, got to just, I just got to move ahead for my family for the sake of my family. And the whole time it was causing me to be absent from the very family that God gave me. Not absent just physically, but absent just in my awareness, in, my, in the moment. And here, God has you at this moment where you are right now. Not, listen, not just to regret things of the past, but you are here now to enjoy this moment to the fullest. Because there's so much there to appreciate, so much there to appreciate. Discontentment is pining away and dreaming of the beyond, but not growing what you have. Water your grass, people. Water your grass. Three weeks ago, Pastor Micah Gay even gave this, this verse, and he gave it in the Message Bible. I've never seen it before in the Message Bible, but it says, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 17, it says, and don't be wishing you were someplace else with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. Say right here. Right here, November 7th, Ocala, Florida. Sorry for those of you watching. You can adapt it the way you want. <laughs> right here, right now, with the people that, has put, that God put in my life. Right here. 
Maybe you're going to be walking into your office tomorrow or your job site tomorrow. And this verse, I hope, comes up inside of you and you have that, okay, right here. Not there, not there, right here. You have this? I think so. Let me go on. This is a, a quote from Mark Batterson, the circle maker. He says, we usually focus on what we're doing and where we're going, but God's primary concern is who we are becoming in the process. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's not about being in the right place or the right time. It's about being the right person, even if you find yourself in the wrong circumstances. Oh, my Lord, that is so good. Maybe I should have just read that one quote and just said amen and just let you go. Isn't that so good? If we could trust that it's God working inside of us. I'm quoting everybody today, but there was a lady that uh, wrote a blog, uh, Mary Duluth, Demuth, Demuth, Mary Demuth, and she said this. She said, there's a pattern in the Bible that proves out again and again. And you'll see it throughout the Bible once it's laid out. You'll see this pattern again and again in those that God used in incredible ways. He prepared them to use them in an incredible way. Number one, the first step is the breakdown. You'll see it in their life, the breakdown. And then there was the breakthrough. And then there was the breakout that happened. And so just look at the life of Joseph real quick uh, and see all the different things that he went through. He went through rejection from his family, from his brothers. He went through betrayal of his brothers. They sold him into slavery, so he experienced slavery, being owned by a human being. Falsely accused, lied about, falsely accused, ended up ruining his reputation, and then ended up in prison. That is a bad situation. How many can say that's gravity? That's breakdown. Now listen, breakthrough happens when in the midst of all of that circumstance, he responds to God and he's faithful to God. He's faithful in his relationship and doesn't and, and he doesn't compromise that. And then in that closeness with God, spiritual gifts continue to move through his life. And he develops a reputation as one who can discern dreams. It's moving through his life. It comes to the point where he starts leading in the prison and they give him charge over the whole place because it's the gift that's operating in his life because his heart's in the right place. His soul is healthy. Then finally, the breakout, which I don't have to tell you a lot about that, but in a moment, in a day, he went from the prison to the palace. That is launching, just like what you saw right off the launching pad. In a moment, in, in seven seconds, he was already North Ocala. <laughs> in seven seconds, he was moved from that prison all the way to the palace and became second in command. But that wasn't even the amazing thing. God had prepared him because he had a message, a strategy, not only to save uh, Egypt, but to save all of Israel. You see that? It was incredible what he did. And then it's interesting, too. I just got to say this. This is something that, uh, that happened. has so many great scriptures. You're saying, you know what? God did this. It wasn't me. It was God that did this. But Joseph commemorated his transformation through the naming of his sons. Listen to what he said. He said, Manasseh, he called him, God made me to forget my troubles and those that wronged me. That's what Manasseh meant. God made me to forget the troubles and those that wronged me. That's health of soul. I, I, I forgave. I forgave. And then the next one, his second son, he named him Ephraim, which means God made me fruitful in this land of my grief. He made me fruitful in this land. Say this land. This land. I didn't have to escape. Amen. God made me to overcome. Yeah. I didn't have to escape it. 
God maybe to overcome it. In this very land, he did this. Oh, man, I have so much more to say and so little time to say it. Okay. Finally, in just dealing with this area, I just want to end on, on this thought. There was, there was Peter and John and all the disciples. Remember when you're reading the, the Bible, just read it as seeing humans following Jesus. And they were competing all the time. Hey, who's the greatest? I'm the greatest. No, you're the greatest. No, what makes me the greatest? Remember what Jesus said that about me? That makes me the greatest. Well, who did he pick to go up to pray with him? Remember he had us all go and pray, but he called the three of us to go a little bit further. Remember that? Hey, remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Hey, we were invited. You were invited. We're the greatest. You're, and, and listen, arguably, uh, Peter was probably one of those that you would think, think, I mean, even he, he got his name changed to Peter. So you would think that he's probably in the runnings first in place for being greatest. But remember what happened. He went through this breaking as well too. When Jesus was crucified, what happened? P Peter denied him. I, I don't know that guy. I don't know that guy. And it crushed him. He had to be broken in order for God to use him. He had to be. And here's what, what happens. As they're walking on the beach after Jesus comes back, resurrects, comes back, and, and, and he's walking with him, helping to restore him, and he's restoring Peter. He says this in John 21, verse 18 through 19. I tell you the truth, when you were young, Peter, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. What he was saying, in your immaturity years, you could do whatever you wanted to. No restrictions. Be your own boss, self-made man. But when you are older, when you are mature, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death would he, that he would glorify God with. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Mm, follow me. And Peter turned around. What's his response? He turns around and he finds John following him. John, teacher's pet. You know, the, the, the guy that, that laid his, his, his head on, on Jesus' you know, shoulder when they're in, the, we're in the, the, last, uh, the last supper. You know, they're just so sweet. Oh, oh, John. And here's Paul. He's the guy that cuts off ears. <laughs> he's rough. He's looking back at John. He's like, yo, what, what about him? Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. He even said, disciple Jesus loved. Look who's writing this. This is John, by the way. Anyway. The disciple Jesus loved, the one who leaned on Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? What about him? Man, my calling is hard. What about them? Looks like they've got easy street. How come everything's like, you know, chirping birds and roses for them? Why am I going through all of this hell to serve you? I don't understand why this is so hard for me. Again, grass is greener, right? So he just said, Lord, why? What about, what about, what about him? What about him? Then it says, uh, let me see, where do I go? Okay, yeah. So he asked him, Lord, uh, what about him? How, he, how, will he, how will he end? Uh, and then Jesus said, sorry, it took me a time to find this. And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you, Peter? That's John's track. That's not your track. Compare yourselves with others. It's not wise. They have a different calling. 
a different destiny, a different price, and you don't always see the full story. And yet you see your full story. But here Jesus is saying, you know, what, what if I have him stay alive forever? What if he never has a struggle? What is that to you? He says, if I want to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. As for you, follow me. Pastor Lindsay, I need to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. I wrote in my Bible after this. I have this in my, in my Bible. Yes, my written Bible, the one that has printed pages that you can write with ink on. I wrote in the, the, the section below this, this verse when it ends in John. I, I wrote, following Jesus will come at a price. That price will be different for each individual. It shouldn't matter to you how it turns out for your fellow followers. Whether with great accolades and applause or in glorious obscurity. Your answer, you have to answer Jesus' call. And the way you answer it is personally and alone before him. Whatever the cost. Jesus says, follow me. You know what's so amazing? This is that time where there's a breakthrough. Something happens in Peter when he is restored at that moment. And even with the news of the price of his calling, guess what? He followed. Now, if you read in your Bible like you read in mine, you know what the next book of the Bible is? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts. In the second chapter, you see the Spirit of God just cascading and filling the early church. And who do you see step up at that point to lead that birth church? Peter. You see that? That was the launching. That was the point of breakout. He was a new man. So what is God doing in you in this time, this season? What is he doing in you? I believe he's doing a lot. I've got to close this. But I have one more thing I gotta tell you. <laughs> okay. I just had this analogy, you know, uh, come to me as I was reading, and I just thought, okay, this is really cool. A guitar string can sit uncommitted, coiled up on a table, right? Pastor Lindsay can just sit there, coiled up on a table, silent. But when it's fixed, in a place, fixed and tightened and tuned with tension. Then when it's struck, it can sing. I pray that our lives sing. And whatever it takes to make this common life sing the glory of God, whatever tension it takes to get me to that place where I'm in tuned with the song of heaven, then I want that, and I don't want to shy away from that. I don't want the complacency of just sitting idly without tension in my life and think that that is the purpose of my life. No, it never was a purpose. It's to be stretched to the point that there is a godly tension inside of us, that whatever hits us, we sing of the glory. Whatever hits us, we sing of the glory. Whatever hardship hits us, we just sing of the glory, and everyone hears the song. 
That's a different person. Something different inside of them. That's what we want. Amen? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Okay. Ooh, this is my hardest point because I'm not used to, to preaching all the time. It's just every so often because I have to just really gear up and go. <laughs> but uh, maybe this is really speaking to you this morning. Maybe you've been looking at this as, you know, you've been watering somebody else's lawn. Maybe you've been pining away for another time, another place, somewhere else. Maybe you even contemplated your escape. Maybe you already had plans. And God today is giving you an opportunity to roll that back, to keep that in check, and to overcome where you are. Where you are. Just close your eyes right now. And Father, right now, every single person that's needing this, huh, okay, I see it a little bit different. I want everyone to just... Put your hands on your chest right now. That's not where your soul resides, but I'm just saying just your heart. And let's just pray this. Father, we just want beyond anything else, we want to sing of your glory. We want our lives to sing. We want our stories to speak of you and not ourselves. And Jesus, this morning, you're even saying to some of us that have believed in you, you're saying this morning, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. And Jesus is going to lead you into a whole new season. And all the fulfillment is going to be in spirit and then in the natural. But it's in spirit first. Lord, we just give up every every escape plan we have Here's, here's, where it, here's where it really really matters. Lord, we give up the escape. If you know what it is right now and it's showing right now and you're being brought to light by the Spirit of God in your heart, I give up my escape. I give up my escape. I want to overcome. Lord, be that overcoming strength, Jesus, inside of us by your Spirit. It's not by my own might, my own ability. It's by your Spirit. Now, fill us, Spirit of God, With your overcoming power, fill us now. You not accepted Jesus as your Lord. This message meant something to you because it's different. It's not about doing this in your own ability. It's, It's in following Jesus and having him become Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, just pray, Jesus, come and be Lord of my life. I give up the control, and I pray that you take it over in Jesus' name. We give you praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay. That's all I have to say. Thank God. (laughs) Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you. 